guys, you all right? How are we doing? Hope you can hear me. I was just frantically checking that the mics are all working. I got some beeping in my ears last minute. So please do let me know. If not, you know my paranoia over these things. So always keen to make sure you can hear me okay and that I can hear all the blaring outro music. So yeah, welcome back to Tune It Over. Those that are new around here, I'm Jack Chu and we discuss whatever is topical, usually in MSK practice, often about education, often about what you guys are asking us to chat about, commentators in all things MSK practice here in the UK, but also many of you tuning in internationally, especially on our audio podcast. So you don't always have to, although this records, it goes out live, then it records where, uh, wherever it lands, YouTube, Facebook, um, Twitter, what else we've got, Instagram, Twitch. But then we put it onto our audio podcast. So you can find it wherever you listen to that, say Spotify or Apple and things. So especially our international listeners to that. Um, welcome. Hi. Um, today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about weightlifting injuries and gym sports injuries generally, because from a few different angles, we have had a lot of interesting conversations to that effect. And that's with therapists ahead of Therapy Live Sport, gym sports, uh, speakers for that event, talking about weightlifting and giving people insights into what athletes need to do with their bodies and understanding that sport better. But then also we were the therapy partners at the Arnold Sports Festival, which is a really interesting event that was at the NEC, 60,000 people at the NEC, and not an interprofessional thing, although we did meet some of you guys, students and therapists and stuff, but generally speaking, we had 26 of our staff at the event and we were doing a variety of things, but it's mainly like gym enthusiasts, bodybuilders, powerlifters, athletes, but then personal trainers, coaches, um, as well as then you've got sort of strength and conditioning personal trainer style coaches, but then you've also got like individual specialism coaches, like strongman coaches, powerlifting coaches, bodybuilding coaches, pose coaches, all sorts of stuff like that, right? But lots of people do interesting things with their bodies and we spoke to them when they were competing, um, we're treating them and working with them. We spoke to them on our stand where we're talking about some of the educational work we're trying to do to translate some of our materials that are otherwise into professional use, but also trying to upskill personal trainers and helping people who are keen athletes to manage their training loads better and stuff like that. We also, of course, assessed a lot of people on stand and, you know, even off the side of the stage. So I did some like lectures and stuff, and so many of the questions were common, like regardless of, and we'll talk about bits of body parts and stuff today. So I definitely want to hear from you guys um, about why, uh, you know, what body parts do you feel you encounter problems with um, in the weightlifting game? Like what is the a common presentation? Knees, backs, hips, shoulders, that sort of thing. Because when I talk about common themes, I'm not necessarily meaning like body parts specific. I'm meaning the stories that precede it were so similar, regardless of where they then went on to be injured. And I found that interesting, like on a load management level, on some of the other wider relationships between exercise and, say, mental health, or why people exercise, especially with regards to some of the, what we call it, aesthetic athletes, like the uh, physique athletes, bikini and men's physique, and then the bodybuilders. Um, it's just a really interesting interplay. And I think as well, the timing of it was very good um, for us, I think, because we we seem to have crossed the threshold with 
most people that they're more open to talking about the clear link between say mind and body on this stuff you know people talking about other that even the athletes that were telling their stories on the be inspired stage they were like clearly open about what we know you know what they felt and how that affected their performance what motivates them and how that affected their ability the longevity of their career or not you know it's just a massive melting pot of things and so i I'm really keen to speak to you guys today about some of the themes that we noticed, but also want to hear from you as to whether or not you notice any of these recurrences too. And so please do get involved with that. What what body parts get injured, what classic pathologies, but also what do you notice of a weightlifting gym sports type clientele clinically? And we'll get stuck into that as well. Now, one of the things I want to start with is what I was describing, oh, I haven't put my little title up, I've had it, so let's put that up, that's nice there. Um, what I want to start with is, yes, you had the common things like with yeah, rotator cuff tendinopathy and other classically known as impingement type symptoms. You got some hip groin pathology, understandable, especially crossfitters other aesthetic athletes that were squatting deep and had questions about squat depth groin pain deep buttock pain in those positions that sounded hippie and as ever back pain spinal pain generally i think amongst this lot we seem to see as much thoracic scapular type issues uh, as you did low back, when usually low back is uh, like classically, we know on the data that that is the most common issue across the piece. But I found it interesting, and I'll come to postulate why I think it is that they, they're kind of overrepresented on thoracic. It's sort of periscap, superficial, periscap musculature type symptoms, we'll call them injuries. And then we had people that were post rupture of various things biceps, triceps, pecs. And lats, which I hadn't heard of before. I don't think I've even seen that before. A couple of patella tendons, uh, but more from there were telling the story of patella tendon rupture. So you get some of that more acute stuff. But as I say, those common types of injury or body parts and locations and stuff, I think is less interesting than the fact that so many of their stories involve them spike in their training load and in their defense it's not like well, no, i need to defend them of course we can all make those sorts of mistakes it's kind of classic but it was that in this day and age considering all that we've all been through as a society they were all telling a story like as soon as you were saying to them give me the background of this right some of them have jumped in and saying it hurts here and you're like well tell me about tell me a little bit more we've got some time chill out they were then saying, oops, my, uh, I think I've just knocked my audio off. Tell me if you can't hear me. Um, I'll carry on. Um, they were saying things like, because of the pandemic, I was doing X. And it wasn't always that I was doing nothing because we got locked down and then I started up again and I was doing loads. Some were like that. 
but it was that they modified their training behavior because of necessity. So people that lifted heavy, like we had strong men and power lifters and bodybuilders and stuff that were just like, I don't have a garage gym, or if I do, it's not heavy enough. And so I modified and I went and did a lot more. Uh, I had to lift lift more times uh, rather than heavy weights and stuff. And so I just modified things that way. Um, I think what was what was fascinating then is that they sometimes weird people were saying, and then I got back to the gym and started lifting heavy again and I had this problem. Or they were saying that when they modified things and they were like, I was doing a lot less, it was a lot easier. I was trying to keep myself going, but I was still exercising each day. And I got injured and I can't understand why, because it was no, I didn't challenge my body nearly enough, as much as normal. You know, like powerlifters deadlifting 200 key. And they then went down because they've all they had at home was a, a little Argos gym bar type thing that they could squeeze 100 kilograms onto it in small plates. And then you spoke to them about what they were doing and they were doing high volume, you know, the, the, their rep ranges were just much higher and they were doing more of it. They were doing you know, so like, well, I can't stimulate challenging myself inducing doms all the different like triggers that they would normally look for they were trying to induce it in a different way and some of them were even asking like right when i need to modify myself and i train from home what could i do to stimulate some of the challenges that i get in the gym under a normal circumstance right and what was interesting on a case-by-case basis is that some of those were failing to recognize the fact that a Argos numball set at 100 kilograms is going to be lower to the ground. That's the nature of why you have Olympic plates. I'm not suggesting that that's then worse per se, but if they're going into that suddenly and doing it at a high volume, so they're spiking their load in a deeper rep range, say, sorry, higher rep range, but a lower position just on the biomechanics, right? They're going further down. You know, classically, we would have said that that would have naturally tilted them and put them into more lumbar flexion. So I'm not necessarily inviting that argument, but it's part of what we've noticed is that they're putting their body into a different position, right? The change is relevant, but they'd perceived it's like, well, that is inherently easier to the point in which they've even argued that it's three times easier. Therefore, I'm going to do three times as much range, three times as many sessions in a particular week. And um, some of it, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to clean it instead of deadlift it, right? Well, they were they were deadlifting it and then going into a complex and cleaning it. Not a, and some of these were powerlifted, so it was like well, they were, you know, their cleaning technique. They were sort of muscling it over up into their shoulders just because they were trying to do something with this bar with as much weight as they could on it. Right? I'm not calling them on that, by the way. Totally get it and understand why they were doing it in those circumstances. But they got some injuries, they got some niggles. They were carrying stuff that they've not been able to shake. And Here's the kicker. That's the common theme I was seeing, and, and that's just one example of it, is that there was just too much change too soon or too quickly. Reedy calls it the rule of two. I don't know if it's that's his thing, but um, he's often talking about that. And I think it's a shame that they got they made that mistake, but I, I totally understand it. And then you think, well, how do we and how did we as a team deal with those sorts of stories? And it was seemed to be quite refreshing to people that we didn't then say, well, here's the three things you did wrong. Here's three ways you can put that right. Here's how you move badly, uh, especially because we had some technology. You know, many thanks to Valve Performance, who lent us their human track system, which we were 
trialing and still are trialing at the clinic absolutely phenomenal motion capture type system and and some other dynamometry we're doing on the on the stand like i think people expected us to then say right let's see how you move and then we'll break that down and sort of imply that what you're doing wrong and tell you how you should move correctly and then everything will be okay i think they expected that they expected us to strip them down so the fact that we instead sort of tailored it depending on their circumstances and did you guys know this is just a classically decent MSK assessment, I would argue, especially because you know, I'm always going to sing our praises as a team. But what they were refreshed by was us then saying, and this is how you modify subtly your current routine, or some cases technique, but, but often you know, your routine or the parameters around your training or now that you're back to doing what you enjoy. Because I think a lot of it was really interesting. And one of the things that we're mostly refreshed by which surprised me a little bit was that the amount of them that were doing maybe between 40 and even 70% of their training week, they were doing stuff they didn't enjoy in order to qualify them for what they perceived was necessary stuff to qualify them for the things that they enjoyed. So they were sort of saying, I've, I've been doing this type of training because I love to, you know, doing loads of yoga because I love to CrossFit or I've been, I've been doing lots of, um, I've been doing lots of, hit workouts because i love the power lift you know there were some weird sort of crossovers there and it was like no problem cross training i wasn't then bad mouthing cross training but it was just it was really interesting how miserable they were making themselves or they were like you know someone had told them you know, in this instance someone had told them for every for every hour that you deadlift every hour that you power lift you need to do three hours of yoga in that instance or there was some that it was like a similar story but for swimming or something like that right it was just that there was this idea that they or another one is that for every for every time you every time you snatch you should you should snatch um the same amount of time you should do under an empty bar um where the implication with that was that you need to always dial in weight free technique in order to then qualify you for safe and what they, they were meaning by that wasn't necessarily for, for, for performance they were saying for injury prevention and for injury management and that was fascinating like where's that coming from so we were always hopeful that we would come across as decent and professional and be a breath of fresh air and stuff but we didn't expect that so many were like eyes nearly popping out of their heads when we were saying yeah you can still do what you love in fact you should be doing a bit more of what you enjoy you know that thing that you're doing that makes you miserable that's good to do it's fine to do it you but if you're not enjoying it like you're not obliged to do it like that's a mistake and then we were saying things like um well just the the, the smaller the modification to your what you enjoy and what you're doing and what you're at your best at is better so let's think about how we can not massively disrupt it so if they you know, some some people were saying like, oh, because of my work schedule, you know, I sort of do too much at the end of the week. Typically, like I'll train Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, um, and then I've got work shifts more beginning of the week. This was particularly a personal trainer that's part time and he's also a paramedic and stuff. And he just worked a funny shift pattern that rings about, but he's he's one of several examples. And again, it was that well, that's you, and that's important to you, and let's work around that rather than being like well no you need to torture your routine to do something at work on a monday night or something in the back of an ambulance you know it's just like let's not 
again, they were just kind of pleased that we were working with them on it rather than dictating to them. And so whilst it's not fair for me to suggest that that's representative, that the opposite of that is what's representative of everyone they've ever met and therefore the industry at large, but it was quite clear that their expectations of us as therapists and then their assumptions as to what it was going to look like when they talked to us about it was a style of practice that that isn't representative of what we're about. You know, there seemed to be a relevant difference between what we did and what they expected and in a refreshing way. Now, I would say that, wouldn't I? And they would say that. Maybe they're just being polite. And obviously, we don't know the results we got. Maybe we injured all of them. Maybe they all went back to training, applied our methods, and they're injured. We've not heard from them yet. We've had plenty of follow-ups and stuff. What I mean is the casual conversations that we've had and stuff that we weren't rebooking follow-ups in or anything like that. That was uh, that was just advice and, and assessment and then documented for an assessment and you know good luck will be on your way and get in touch with us if you need us type conversations. We haven't heard from loads of them saying that they injured themselves applying our principles. But that said, I'm not going to imply that they're then we rock their world and that they're now pain free and will be forever and ever our men, right? But it, I'm just so I'm I'm describing a difference. I'm not necessarily describing superiority. I would make a case for that what we're doing is good. Uh, I would, of course, I would. But I haven't got the evidence to suggest that. I'm just meaning that that was that spoke to me. You know, it spoke to the fact that there seemed to be a difference in what people expected and what we delivered. And even if I go value neutral on that and say I'm not making the case for better or worse, I think that's interesting. So, with regards to other common threads, one of the things that I was trying to get the penny to drop, and so it's a bit. Bit misleading. If I said that this kept coming up in the questions and answers and stuff, because I was leading with this, like it was part of my slide deck and stuff when I was presenting or when I was speaking to, you know, doing the pre briefings at the CrossFit event and then at one point at the dance event, like I'd say this. And so people were bringing that up with me and it resonated with them. So, you know, I did put words in their mouth a little bit. But one of the things I've been saying is that for, for athletes, what we seem to need to, for me, need to get better at is helping them to understand improve their instincts on whether they should be resting or whether they should be training because when people are training when they should be resting then the classic would be that they're doing a load of box jumps on a on a navicular stress fracture and they're just pissing it off overstimulating it revving it up and it's because they uh instead of getting it checked out by a credible professional they saw their best friend's uncle's dog who happens to be um someone who used to know a physiotherapist or a chiropractor and therefore they then went on and did a rock tape tutorial to strap up their their foot and then thought they'd be okay and so they're just winding it up right it's the training when they should be resting right there's a circumstance where in that specific circumstance they should be resting from at least box jumps or impact activity in this instance for stress fracture and then there's those that were resting when they should be training and then we met a lot of those where people had had a therapist though or their instincts had told them that they should be oh this happened and then i and then i didn't train for two weeks and then it, when i got back into it, it was still sore and that was disappointing and, and you know i did everything right i rested it i iced it and stuff and they're telling you a story of say uh a minor, be that a minor muscle tear or a cramping or some sort of fairly minor innocuous thing that they, by the sound of things and by their own admission, sort of overreacted to. 
or a recurrence or they're, or they're mismanaged a tendinopathy classically right where, where they're, they're, they're sort of spiking their load and then backing too far off and stuff they're not getting that slow steady heavy loading that we would try to stimulate change in that muscular tenderness unit or whatever it might be and so again you can't blame them for it sometimes they've been ill-advised sometimes their instincts were just bad where they were resting when they should be training or training when they should be resting with the former part, if you're resting when you should be training, this is the thing that I was amazed. As a therapist, we don't always talk about performance in the primary, whereas with this crowd, they were particularly interested in that. They were always aspiring to be their best self. They were sometimes competing against others and better in them, but generally speaking, you know, getting PBs and stuff like that was just sort of center of their world, really. They loved what they were doing. They were doing interesting things with their bodies and they just wanted to be better at the thing that they we're doing better than they were last week, better than they were last month, better than they were last year. And so the amount of them that were resting for prolonged periods of time sometimes or uh, based on a sense that they should be or they had to be meant that they were never going to be chasing major performance gains because they weren't training enough. Their take on our world, on the injury and pain world, was that they needed to, at least for periods of time, they needed to, to, to rest it a lot or rest whatever it might be that they were carrying a lot. And that, I think, was, was a, a really fascinating mistake um, and one that we need to try and get word out there better. And so that was something that did concern me a little bit. And you'd think, well, what's the harm in overresting? It's like, well, the harm in overresting if, especially if it's induced by a sense of that's what therapists suggest or that's what people need to do, then they're definitely not going to get the performance gains that motivate behavior change in, in exercise, right? You're not going to get those public health secondary benefits of exercise that we all know and love. And so it was painful to hear that that was happening so much. And so we need to try to find a way to counter that. And I have some suggestions to how to do it, but... I think it, it was a bit embarrassing at times, the stories that people talk, like the typical story wasn't that they'd been totally mis, well, it was mismanagement. The story wasn't that they'd seen some therapist and they'd done something that hurt them or they'd done something that, that was, that they did perceive to be wrong or whatever. The typical story was that they saw a therapist who told them to not do what they enjoyed doing. Um, they saw a therapist that, made them rest and that stopped them doing what they loved and that when challenged on it or if they did push back it was just implied that the professional understanding of the therapists themselves was um going to trump their their sense of self it wasn't a negotiation and above all else you'd got lower limb stress fractures where they th somehow they, they'd inst they instinctively thought they needed to lay up on a sofa rather than thinking, well, I can still do, you know, this is CrossFit. I used it as a bo box jumper with a stress fracture, didn't I? Uh, CrossFit with a stress fracture that was doing box jumps. It's like, I might not be able to do box jumps for a bit. Why are they not doing pull-ups, muscle-ups? Why are they not doing some um, seated work, other non-weight bearing activities? Why are they not matching up Another revelation was why don't you match up the intensity of your training, but you're just modifying these certain things that you can't do for a time so that you can maintain the degree of 
stamina and specific endurance that you need for your chosen sport and pursuit so that there's less of a gap when you need to get back into it so that you've got these context specific activities that you've not done for a while that you definitely will need to build back up to but as a general base and your aerobic base and stuff it's not dissimilar and you're like oh wow i never thought of it like that it's like i don't blame you for not thinking about it like that you're not a therapist but if you have seen therapists that haven't sort of hinted in that direction then i don't understand you need to get better therapists but then also i thought well let's try and train those instincts better let's try and get them some resources they can trust and get them the knowledge that they need to to improve that so so we've got a few ideas there first one being that upskill the profession we're always talking about that and fortunately yeah we we have um just the ticket for that in my opinion therapy live sport uh, in november is just that right so it's weightlifting injuries sport is this year gym with the triathlon sports last year the agenda is now available it's saturday the 13th of november and of course therapy live.co.uk forward slash tickets is where you can find those so please do i should be able to post that actually into the chat function so have a little look register for free now um there that is going to be answering some of the questions that i've just described really um i think we need to level up our understanding of how to best manage these athletes and talk about best practice with the best experts in the game what we've included this time is some translation pieces like what is what is what does it mean and what do you ask of an athlete's body when they are powerlifting? how is that distinct from bodybuilding how is that distinct from crossfit how, what are the relevant distinctions there it's a bit like when you know, therapists say oh, i've been asked if i can cover a basketball game but i don't really know basketball study it what do what do the different positions do or you know, it's a bit like well, rugby union is a better example like you know, people what, what's a what's a prop forward need to do with his body that a fullback doesn't and stuff and, and what are the similarities of course as well and it's like people don't seem to want to spend that time understanding the disciplines especially when people are diversifying their training doing strongman type lifting and stuff it's like well, what's the difference between a shoulder press and an axle press what's the difference between uh olympic weightlifting clean and jerk and say you know an axle press as we just said or a log press and why would that matter to us why would it i'll tell you what it do it matters to, it matters to the patients it matters to the athletes and so therapy live sport um gym sports is going to be exactly where you found that out uh, as well as all sorts of other bits that are more pathology specific got the incredible susie spears finally present we've been asking and hoping we could get her for a while she's presenting one of the best podiatrists in the game absolutely love her work and someone that we've uh been mates with for a time but we've not been able to get her on the show and she's going to be presenting so we've got some really good sort of pathology specific or regionally specific content as well on there so do check that out uh, it's going to be an absolute belter therapy uk forward slash tickets is the best way place to go for those and so please do uh, have a little look at that and definitely think about how we might raise standards as an industry on stuff like that and the best way to do that i think is through education and from us all holding his hands up and saying what we do and don't know and some of our panels and keynote speakers are going to be able to do that as well as a couple of announcements we've got up our sleeve for headline interviewers uh, headline interviews and stuff with some big names and celebrities and even world record holders which is cool the other side is how might we go direct? And I'm thinking hard about that. So what educational materials can we try and get direct to the fitness professionals and keen athletes and stuff like that? And so we're working on it. We've got this overcoming gym injuries course that we're gonna modify for a few different places. 
Um, but yeah, watch this space. I'm, I'm, I'm giving that some more thought. And I think our presence as Physio Matters and of course your presence has, has been the brilliant thinkers that our audience are being more attend, you know, attending these events and puncturing some of that expectation that seems to be out there, I think is going to go a long way to doing it and changing the minds of society as to what they come to expect from MSK therapies. And the reason I speak about MSK therapies is, of course, our team at the event had um, physios, it had chiros, it had sports therapists, uh, sorry, not sports therapists necessarily, it had sports rehabilitators, and it had soft tissue therapists from the school. And so all of us, you know, not a hair's breadth between us on, on uh, style and reasoning. And yet, yeah, the perceptions of what we might do to people was different to what we did with them and what we persuaded them to do differently, uh, which was really interesting. It was really good for us to be able to confront them. It was, it, those conversations were less boring than any of us expected, but um, something for us all to reflect on, uh, regardless of, uh, of what the outcomes are, which we don't necessarily know yet. But uh, hope that's been interesting. Hope you know. Please do let me know uh, what your thoughts are and what you see, especially any regional you know, body parts that you feel you see a lot of. I'd love to do some chewing it over as well. We took a deep dive into specifics on, say, rotator cuff issues of, of the lifter's shoulder. You know, a lot of people doing overhead stuff. Uh, overhead squats that sort of thing seem to flare those up so i'm happy to get really specific on it but for this one i just wanted to give an overview especially give you some insights into what we've experienced recently that link again therapy live.co.uk forward slash tickets and if i'm not mistaken very cool little graphic here as well i'm covering up aren't i very smooth true very smooth saturday but 13th of november so anyway, that's enough for me. Thank you so much. Um, just remembered it would be remiss if I didn't mention, but you will have probably seen it across social media because this seems to be going semi-viral, is that we're doing a special event about the CSP's fee increase, uh, which I think I'll talk about uh, on another chewing it over either later this week. I think we've got guests on for the rest of the week, but, but then uh, maybe next week we'll talk a little bit more about this um which is really interesting so please do check that out uh, that's at physiohavenmatters.com forward slash special event um and yeah you'll find that on social media it's everywhere um really be interested in your your thoughts and take on that and i'll probably chew that over in a bit more detail later this week i thought i'd best mention it all right all the best guys we'll speak to you soon i'll see you tomorrow wrong one wrong button it's embarrassing bye